Hey everybody and welcome to episode 366 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I am your host, Mama's Boy Michael Raparas. Who else is joining me here in the mystical, magical Stephen Bales Memorial Studio of the Airwaves? Just waking up Chris Antista. What a world. And really upset that you took my Mama's Boy intro, Matthew Allen. (laughs) (laughs) It's just before Mother's Day. It's almost Mother's Day Eve, that time of year where you suddenly realize, oh shit, it's Mother's Day, and hurriedly scramble to buy your mother something that looks semi-meaningful on Amazon before she figures out that you forgot. It's also a good time to be playing video games. We just had Streets of Rage 4 come out, and... Yeah, play that with your mom. Yeah, play it with your mom. You can. It's got co-op, right? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) If you're... you're even if you're not in the same house right now, quarantined mm-hmm. together, you know, you could play online because we know your mom is rocking the Xbox yeah. Live gamer tag. Yeah. And stuff, she she can know. play as Blaze Fielding, who looks amazing for someone who was a, a Lombada enthusiast in the 90s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I would have opted for Cherry, but Bla- Blaze is fine. No, too, I like I, I like Cherry a lot. She's pretty cool. Like we, we love the new characters. Streets of Rage 4 is fun. A bunch of other stuff is coming out that previously came out for other systems but before we get into any of the new releases we of course have to start with the traditional top five and because it's about to be mother's day matt you had the idea of making a mother focused top five and i decided like you know what a couple years ago we did a dad games top five dad games where you play as a dad protecting a kid, which is the new hotness in video games and has been for the past several years. Yes. And uh, I found out it is surprisingly difficult to find equivalent mom games where you are a mother trying to protect or rescue a small child. There are a lot of games in this vein that are not highly regarded. See Amy. But I was able to find some pretty good ones, which we'll talk about in the, the top five. But uh, how's everyone's week going otherwise? Going. Just finished going. FF7, and, and I, my mom just had her birthday, but she's also at that age where, like, she doesn't have any interests. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She, I mean, I, is your mom like, I don't it's know. Like, like, oh, no, dear. Likes- it's enough for me to sit and stare at the blank wall. No, it, well, yeah, she does that. Except they're called reality shows. Oh. She loves those things. Yeah, I, I kind of know what you're talking about a lot. A lot of TV consumption. Mm. A lot of just wanting to talk about the grandkids. That's that's probably kind of. She liked know. to go out to eat, and she can't do that. And right. she kind of only watches television. I had a real rough time trying to find her a birthday present. In other words, I didn't, and now I have to find her a present for Mother's Day. Hmm. Yeah. I, you got to go with the old staples, man. Flowers, chocolates. Can't go wrong with these things. You know, it, what was, what's ironic is I thought of something at the last minute. My mother is a huge Star Trek The Next Generation fan. Really? She introduced me to the show. Yeah, she still watches it like every day. Hmm. And and she I showed I she lives in a world where like, do you know Picard exists? Like <laughs> like much of the cast from Next Gen is in this show and and she's like, no, I had no idea. How can I see that? And like, ah, ha, 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 I'll get her access to CBS All Access. There you go. For her birthday. But guess what? They don't have any device that can play CBS All Access. Oh, my gosh. Not a single one. They, dep- they, they stream Netflix through their fucking Comcast box. It's infuriating. 
That's weird. That is that's so okay. Let's real quick, real quick sidebar. It's so weird that like Comcast has been doing that because doesn't it feel a little bit like when GameStop started selling digital uh, things in their stores? Like they were they kind of were admitting this is the future, but at the same time you're like, yeah, but those guys are ultimately your competition, and yet you're promoting them. That's why it takes them years. And I read an article and like, yep, Comcast is introducing new apps to its platform, and we should have CBS All Access. By the end of 2020, and like, what are you talking about? Yeah. The Wii U had Hulu week one. What? Yeah. <laughs> this is a fucking app, dude. You don't have to make anything. Comcast just got Hulu. They, they, they. Yeah. I think they did Prime Video before Hulu. It's had Netflix for a long time. They did because it was their major competition. Yeah. Uh, real quick, well, Michael, I wanted to talk about this week's uh, on the topic. I was, I was wondering why that was. You know how how we were so we we were lousy with dad games, and I think you know the theory at the time was like. There are a lot of video men in game... charge of video game developers. Yeah, I have. Yeah, a lot of heads thoughts. of studio. Yeah, a lot of heads of studio are men that had kids, and mm-hmm. that's what and, kind and, of make... and want to explore the anxiety of losing them in a video game in the and, safe and space maybe, of a video game. I mean, maybe this is just as simple as it's it's really just showing kind of the demographic makeup of uh, heads of studios and people that work mm-hmm. at studios. And and as we get more women working in games and running studios, we're we're going to see more of this. Here's stuff. here's another thought. I think. There is something subconscious in that protagonists have to credibly be virgins, male or female, but especially female. Because, like, you, you never see an action girl running around and like, oh yeah, now I've got a daughter, and uh, and we adventure together. Like, no, no, it's always, like, Lara Croft, or, and, and uh, I, I guess I, Sophie I... Tia from Soul Calibur would be a rare example, but there's something about, like, oh no, you have attachments now you have to stay home with the kids you can't go out and be an adventurer like the kid is now the focus of your life that's what you meant but i was like i knew fucking nathan drake was a virgin he plays it cool <laughs> like he gets you know well I, I think lot, it, it's but... it's one of those things that targets relatability where mm. like if the player is a virgin it helps to not hear the character talk about their sex life sometimes. I don't know. I'm just this is all oh, yeah. wild conjecture on my part. But oh, I'm it, sure. It, it, I'm sure. But like Spider Man like doesn't fuck. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, even even in like comic books, like it's it's rare to have a female superhero with a child. Yes. And and the only one, the most notable one on the top of my head is Invisible Woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's from true. Fantastic yeah, yeah. Four. But their kids are like you know. Franklin might be the number one mutant of all time. Yeah, so like, it's it's rare, uh, is what I'm saying. So it is rare, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and strangely, yeah. rare has not made any games about a mother protagonist. But like, even even if we're categorizing a mom game as just a woman has to protect a child, which may or may not be hers, you see a lot more like young teenage female protagonists who have to like who who like they meet a small child like. Claire Redfield and Sherry Birkin or Clementine and AJ from the final season of The Walking Dead or uh, Jade with her orphans that she takes care of it's like she doesn't yeah. she's they're they're kind of more big sisters than mothers it's not quite the same yeah it's it's like we we still have a pretty simplified version of the empowered woman mm-hmm. trope uh, like we will eventually figure out how to reconcile like no, some of the most powerful women are also moms, yes. and we should figure out in how to represent life, yes. them in games. Yeah. Sometimes grandmothers. Mm-hmm. Imagine that protagonist. Watch Dogs Legion, coming soon. <laughs> uh, there you go. So yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, but we will get into 
our top five mom games right after this. Do you like Video Game Apocalypse in 30 2010? Well, the LaserTime Patreon has figured out a way to combine the two. Over at patreon.com slash lasertime, we've taken a month's worth of 302010's games from 3020 and 10 years ago and grabbed the hosts, Michael Raparez and Matthew Allen from Video Game Apocalypse. And with our combined three decades plus in the games industry, we found a great way to take a deep dive into the biggest gaming anniversaries of the month. Here's a recent sample. Because Double Dare NES is allegedly out this week for NES, and I know at least Brett and I would we'd see this game be like from Game Tech, because there weren't many places to hear a video game publisher said out loud to you. I remember like not until like podcasting with Michael, like a oh bump and jump, that's Vic Tokai, and like this is the first time I've heard that name out loud from anywhere other than my head. Oh. <laughs> they would, like yeah. like Nintendo would say from Nintendo, and I think Jalico would be like from Jalico. If it weren't for Nickelodeon's Double Dare, I never would have heard a, a human being say the word Game Tech. And Game Tech is this bizarre California publisher that specialized in adaptations of television game shows. I did find multiple YouTube videos that are just uncut Double Dare prizes from the obstacle course. Harvey, tell him what you'll win that Mark Summers will say. And Harvey, one of the most satisfying views. I'm just going to play a random snippet. Ambulance new car. Drive your family right onto the beach in your new Cherokee from Jeep and Sport. <laughs> <laughs> you and eight-year-old will win. <laughs> So, in addition to weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive specials, you can get the 302010 Video Games Edition, celebrating a month of important gaming milestones every single month at patreon.com slash lasertime in exchange for just five bucks. And you'll support all of the Lasertime shows, including Video Game Apocalypse, right guys? And we're back to talk about what? Mom games. Mom games. Match three. Let's do this. All right. Let's just jump right in with... Number five. Had to dig deep into the past for this one. Baby Roo with Kanga 2. Well, uh, you're, you're a little bit off. The theme song actually goes like this. God damn, I wish my job was writing fucking 80s cartoon theme songs. Seems so easy. Yeah. I, I want to be the Foley guy for 80s cartoon theme songs, just making those sound effects. <laughs> Imagine the being time. the studio musicians and having to lay down that track. It's like, all right, you're ready? Think Kangaroo theme song in three, two, one. <laughs> I can just picture these, yeah, these less motherfucking in it. Jesus, <laughs> these these jaded like the Wrecking Crew, basically the San Francisco crew musicians, uh, like smoking a cigarette outside, leaning against the wall. Like, all right, we're gonna do this. Mm-hmm. Toby, Toby, kangaroo. <laughs> do we want to invent any words for the chorus? You know, like bingo, bango. But I, I still, we did a uh, episode of Laser Time about cartoons based off of video games, mostly old school ones because it's mm-hmm. kind of not that difficult to do nowadays. With everyone desperate for content. But still, Kangaroo stands out as probably the most 
obscure game to have a pretty high profile cartoon. Yeah, and, and, it was, and it's it's weird to play it because like I remember seeing it at like every arcade I went to, which was mostly Chuck E. Cheese in the early eighties. It's a game about a kangaroo who goes to pick up her joey from school and she falls through a pit and now she has to climb through levels and punch monkeys with her boxing gloves in order to find her way back to her kid. That was the plot of the video game. The Hanna-Barbera cartoon, or who was it that did Saturday Supercade? Was it Hanna-Barbera? It Hanna-Barbera's? might have been Ruby Spears. Ruby Spears, that sounds more, more accurate, yeah. Katie the kangaroo and her son Joey live in a zoo and have soft madcap antics around a bunch of mischievous monkeys. Wow, a magic wand! Hey, watch where you point that thing. It might be loaded. Okay, let's see a trick. Ooh, ooh, yeah, make something disappear. Ah, but, but not me. Ugh, me neither. I feel like that's every stock cartoon gang member voice. It really just was. Just wrapped up Holy into shit. the monkey gang. <laughs> but, Holy shit. Yeah. And, and yeah, it was part of Saturday Supercade, so mm-hmm. it was a segment yeah. that... Again, this, it was like the Smash Brothers for for fucking Saturday morning airwaves. Yeah, featuring Frogger, like a uh, Frogger, Frog, Donkey Kong. Uh, Donkey well, they Kong. replaced Frogger, the this, journalist. This and mm-hmm. Space Ace replaced Frogger and Donkey Kong. Yeah, they did. And uh, and Pitfall was in there somewhere, yeah, but it just yeah. it just seems odd because that is what this company, who was way bigger than the medium of video games, thought were the biggest video games: Qbert and Kangaroo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Kangaroo. I have, I have never ever in my life played this game. I, I don't even know that I've seen it. Well, I I've played it a bit, and and it actually beat out one other game from around the same time, uh, Puyan, which is about a mother pig who has to protect her baby pigs from a bunch of wolves who keep floating down on balloons and trying to kidnap them. That seems much meaner than <laughs> monkeys throwing fruit at you, but go. Yeah, well, the monkey monkeys throwing fruit and then you duck and then you punch out the monkeys who are like half your size. Way to go, mom. You're not a huge bully or anything, but other it, it feels like a Donkey Kong clone in a lot of ways. It looks like a Donkey it's like yeah. a Donkey Kong Junior clone or even um isn't Popeye also a Donkey Kong clone? Like a bit, the Popeye yeah. Well, it, if if yeah. you look at the, if you think of a Donkey Kong clone as one screen per level, and your yeah. job is to get from the bottom of the level to the top of the level while avoiding hazards. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. that's what Kangaroo is. Now, Popeye is is more like run around this one stage and gather all the hearts while trying not to get punched by Bluto. Mm-hmm. 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 Try and bang the skinny girl before the big guy can. <laughs> exactly. And, I, I still think they must have remembered this at the last minute that to make the kangaroo a female woman because mm-hmm. the only thing they know about the species of kangaroo is that they box, which if you t- take yourself back to 1982, there was a lot of media with kangaroos boxing. In it. I'm not kidding. There's a whole movie oh, yeah. about it. Oh, I, very rarely did you see a kangaroo. I don't think I've ever seen a cartoon kangaroo that didn't wear boxing gloves. Mm-hmm. Like it's always I mean, there's represented There's one in Tekken. Way. Uh, well, it's because they look a little weird with their tiny little hands. No, because they used they used to do it. You can see yeah, it in yeah, stock yeah. footage of a bunch of Super Nintendo games from the late nineties. But it, it's like uh, it's like bear wrestling, right? Like, didn't people used to box yeah, kangaroos? Yeah, people would box kangaroos. Like there, I, again, there's like a big Hollywood seventies movie about it. It's a whole comedy about a boxing kangaroo. 
Well, because like yeah, one of my favorite parts of the internet is whenever you see the picture of like a jacked kangaroo mm-hmm. just like flexing in the yeah, wild. It just looks right. like a Venice Beach bodybuilder or something. Right. <laughs> it looks like a meth addict because they're like all skinny. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they are yeah. strong as fuck and super dangerous. Like you do not want to box a kangaroo. Mm. I don't yeah. know. I saw that guy on the internet in Australia. He fucking decked that kangaroo who was holding oh. his dog. It's one of the more Damn. hilarious videos because even the kangaroo was like, I did not expect that. I, <laughs> yeah. I did not, I did not think you had the bulls. Uh, yeah. You get you get this round, sir. Touche. Yeah. yeah the, Touché. Um, I, I always assumed that like the KO the Kangaroo games for Dreamcast were uh, sequels to Kangaroo, but they are somehow not. Somehow mm. there were two completely different franchises produced about yellow kangaroos with red boxing gloves. Are you uh, kidding? So, okay, so there was. I know there were other kangaroo games. They weren't follow up because this isn't an Atari game. They just distributed it. It's like Sun Electronics or some yeah. company I've never heard. And of. it's it's very Japanese in that when the I don't I don't even know if I got like an original Japanese ROM that I played this with or if it was different in the U.S. arcades. But like when the kangaroo goes to pick up the Joey at the very beginning, there's like three tiers of different kangaroos doing this. Only yours falls to their doom and has to climb back up. But the Joeys all say mama in like katakana. So I had to look it up. It's like, is that, is that mm. what it's saying? Just make sure it's not Papa. This isn't a male kangaroo. This isn't a dad game in disguise. Nope. Mm. This is one of the, Chris, the, the first female protagonists to go and rescue a kid. Real quick, though, Chris, the reason you hadn't heard of the Sun Electronics is because it morphed into Sunsoft. You've definitely right. heard of Sunsoft. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Ba- yeah, Batman even... NES game, oh, right? right. Was, is, I mean, if, really you're, if you're younger company? than 20, you haven't. It's true. Yeah, Sunsoft was used to be a market quality. Hmm. But this is this Atari's only answer to Donkey Kong. Like I know they had someone else make it, but like I mean, did they, they had do their own other version of Donkey Kong <laughs> for the well, twenty six hundred. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe in arcades, yeah. It does it does seem like it was calculated to compete with Donkey Kong? I think it, it stands aloft as one of the. It is just one of the best Donkey Kong clones because mm-hmm. there were a lot of games that just look exactly like it. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, that came out the soonest. And by the time by the time anyone else made a better Donkey Kong clone, we were already past whatever craze you mm-hmm. No, no, no. We want screens that scroll now. We're not satisfied <laughs> with single screen levels anymore. Can I can I go go on record with? Uh, I don't even think it's a controversial take. I have never liked Donkey Kong, even <laughs> as a kid Are you playing crazy? it. Crazy. I've always thought the games were too hard and got tired of them and rarely saw past the first level and just went, eh, fuck this, I'm done. No, I think it's wonderful. I mm. love Donkey Kong. Yeah. Not a fan. I got addicted enough to it at one point uh, as a 20-something that, like, I was playing the NES port that you, for the, um, what was the thing with the, the Game Boy Advance with the card reader? Right, the Super yeah. Game Boy uh, yeah. Well, no, it was the thing where you'd swipe the, the trading cards through it. Oh, oh e-reader. E-reader, e-reader. E-reader, yeah, thank you. That I was playing the e-reader version of that over and over and was just being disappointed. Then I was like, but it's missing that one level. is like the cement factory level, I think. Yeah, yeah. right. So, yeah. It's... I'm still shocked when I see it because I played so much of the NES version. Hmm. But I played a ton of Donkey Kong Jr. for some reason. It was at the skating rink. Yeah. <laughs> Jr. I played a lot of, which is the one where you shot the... Um... The three. bug juice. That's three. Is that three? Yeah. I played a lot Stanley of three the as Bugman. well. Yeah. The, bug man. the first Donkey yeah, Kong to not feature Mario in any way. 
Yeah, two, two, and two, or junior. If you're counting junior as two and okay. three played, but yeah, one just I don't know. I just I, I had moved. I I hate to say this, but I preferred like Yar's Revenge. Over <sighs> I, I do not game. understand that game, but we are getting way off the topic, which yeah. is Kangaroo and Mom Games. Oh, so I got this. Stanley the Bugman, who was also canonized in Saturday Supercade, like Kangaroo. Ah, bringing it back around. But we should, if we're if we're drifting this far off topic, we should probably move along too. Dude, it's a single <laughs> we have talked more about kangaroo than anyone has on a podcast ever True. let's move on beautiful cabinet though yeah here we go there's something special about the entrance to an amusement park a line drawn between the real world and the world of whimsy within on this side the apathy of our everyday lives and on the other anything we might dare to dream it's no wonder Callum ran back inside I wouldn't want to leave either. So this is a, a game I know neither of you have played. This is The Park, which is a... It's basically a walking simulator masquerading as a horror game. I'll, I'll say that for it. Uh, you are a mother who begins the game by... Uh, oh, your little boy, you just went to this amusement park and your little boy left his bear somewhere inside and you have to go back in and get it. But your, your son runs in ahead of you and immediately starts running away and jumping on all the rides, even though the theme park is closed and something is clearly amiss and there are monstrous and strange things happening. You are guided along. Basically, press X to Jason becomes your preferred means of navigation and echolocation. Callum? Mm -hmm. This way, Mommy. Hello? Come on, this way. Wait for mommy. Over here. So as you're as you're searching, you can hit a button to call Callum, and you'll not only hear his voice, but part of the screen will warp to tell you. Like you, you'll see like a weird bubble appear uh, in in the space that you're supposed to go toward, and that'll tell you mm. like, oh, there's there's something over here you need to look at. This is the next door you're supposed to open. This is the next thing you're supposed to read. It's very straightforward. First, you go through. A, a series of rides like a, a tunnel of love and a ferris wheel and they're all like every time you get on them it's like okay now what's what's the spooky thing that's going to happen uh is is the a giant boogeyman gonna appear and reach out his claws at me is uh is this roller coaster gonna go off the rails am i gonna fall out of the ferris wheel what what's gonna happen and then things kind of just not to get too spoilery, but go off the rails in a very silent, hilly direction toward the end. And uh, it takes about maybe an hour, hour and a half to play through. Aside from the method of finding your son, this is one of the the only games that I've played where it it kind of portrays motherhood as not quite all it's cracked up to be. The first time I saw Callum, my thoughts betrayed me. I looked down at this wrinkled, red, bawling thing, and I thought, is that it? We build our world from expectations, and the world that I had built for Callum was no different. He was so real, so there, and so far from my expectations. They shattered, and as they fell in pieces, that one treacherous thought became a new foundation. Yeah, her, her attitude is sort of like, oh, a baby, yeah, I don't really like it. Uh, I mean, it's, it's such a mature subject like yeah. game, for a game to try to address postpartum depression, yeah. something that none of us can speak anything no, about, no. but it's like... <laughs> 
but it is such a but it's yeah. yeah this is I, I think the game that I would compare this most to is Dear Esther, in that there is a mm. lot lot of uh, mono like inner monologue that you hear that is very writerly. I guess it's like it's it's sort of written in a way that like I could see this looking good on the page. This does not sound like something the character would naturally say, like crossing over into a world of whimsy. One of the reasons for the flowery language might be the world this ties into. Oh, um, because the, the, the only thing world I, it I ties into. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's the only thing I know about the, the this game is that it's a spinoff of the Secret World, which was that MMO, which is a Lovecraftian mm-hmm. MMO. It's basically about like competing secret societies that are trying to fight back Lovecraftian oh, horror. There is so much Lovecraft, so many Lovecraft influences or, or um, references in this. There's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, this from Innsmouth University, this from, uh, you know, Dunwich Hospital, whatever. And, and like when you, when you find your kid, you realize like he's wearing like, a Cthulhu shirt, but it's like Cthulhu drawn in the style of He-Man. Like he's a big heroic Cthulhu. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. With like a big studded belt and a loincloth. Like, yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Badass cartoon. But yeah, so, so this game was, it's, it's a, like an experimental side project that they, they wanted to make uh, kind of self-contained stories using, I think stuff that they were kind of building for that MMO mm-hmm. um, that they just kind of repackaged as a single player experience. I, I, you know, I don't know if it was the, I mean, it's, they're, they're both developed by Funcom. I don't know if it's like a sub team within Funcom that did this while the, the rest of the team was doing secret world or not, but there, there are actually kind of several spin-off or versions of secret world. Cause the uh, secret world, the only really thing that's known for is is failing as far as i'm aware like it's it was not a huge success of a game had some really cool marketing behind it like they did a lot of cool like arg stuff um and had some good buzz but yeah it's just i don't think it took the world by storm or anything like that so hmm. but uh yeah they, they the the park is like this little side project thing they're yeah. like yeah we want to do this self-contained experience and like you said michael takes a couple hours to be yeah so. and it's a Spooky amusement park with like a weird glowing eyed chipmunk mascot that uh, kind of jumped out at me when I saw the art. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I do kind of want to check this out. And you, you find out all this stuff about like, oh, this amusement park is secret. The, like, this isn't much of a spoiler. You see stuff like this lying around early on, but it's like this crazy billionaire built it set to harness the dark energies on this place and it's all about like yeah i just harness the the positive emotions that people have coming to an amusement park instead of the negative ones and i can generate all this supernatural power it's too bad that there are all these accidents and it's too bad that this park employee just went nuts and started stabbing a guy with an ice pick right in front of everyone but uh the first part of that is the plot of monsters inc hmm. just need to point that yep, out yeah <laughs> exactly but channeling the laughs versus the screams exactly that's that's all he wants to do he just wants to make people laugh and then it uh yeah yeah, it i I said silent hilly earlier but it Mm. i realized like oh what the ending of this most reminds me of is pt where you're kind of going through spoilers here sorry you're going through like increasingly more fucked up versions of the same rooms on a loop and discovering more and more dire things about your character and their life, her life and what's going on. Uh, and they, and they don't really ever let on like what is possibly a hallucination versus what is real. Yeah, it's, and it's apparently, not entirely clear what happens. Yeah. 
And then apparently, like, there was a follow-up to the game in the Secret World, so they tied it back to the MMO, with, which features the same character. And even then, that makes it more confusing. You're like, well, I don't know what actually happened there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's probably best just viewed as, well, I experienced this thing. Yeah. And don't think too hard about it. It's a supernatural meditation on postpartum depression and being creeped the fuck out by an evil amusement park. And a weird chipmunk with glowing yep, eyes. Yep. Gotta, gotta have Chad the chipmunk. And, uh, yeah, anyway, but uh, I, there's definitely like elements of five nights when yeah, I see that yeah. costume too. <laughs> I, I had, I had like 90 minutes of fun with this. Uh, it's totally worthwhile, but clearly not as worthwhile as our number three. <laughs> All right. Those are not dogs that you're hearing. They are badgers. Badgers? Badgers. We don't need no stinking badgers. badgers. (sighs) This game has both badgers and mushrooms because this is Shelter, an indie game where you are a mother badger protecting a litter of five cubs. You're a mother badger, man. (laughs) Shelter. Shelter, yeah. And it's it's very, I I don't know what the the term is, like quasi-impressionistic. It kind of uses like a vaguely PlayStation 1-y, like, tile design for the, the environments, but, like, you know... Yeah, it's, it's like mosaics mm-hmm. made of, uh, made of, of polygons. It's, it's really unique looking. Almost like some, some of, like, the trees and stuff look like they're so, they're like basket, woven baskets mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. It's, uh... And it's interesting because it's a survival game, but it's a linear story-driven survival game. So, uh, you begin, and it, it barely tells you what to do you're just kind of left to figure out it figure it out on your own but like one of your cubs at the very beginning of the game appears to have died and they're like okay i guess this is trying to tell me this can happen and what it's actually telling you to do is like okay there's a root over here go dig it up and bring it back to your cub and uh it will eat eat the thing that you bring it it's like a potato or something like that and it will spring back to life and you realize like okay the cubs their coloration shows you how hungry they are so like you want them to be like a dark brown and but as they get hungrier they their color starts to fade and they become like more of like a gray blue and you want to avoid that so you want to like have to you have to pay attention like okay what color is each cub because you can only feed one at a time and you be oh my god be, that would be a godsend as a parent yes, wouldn't if it? i could if i had a color indicator because like <laughs> especially when we're all like you know uh quarantine right now well, a lot of the time your kids just ask for a snack because they're bored mm-hmm. you know and i would love as a parent to be like you're not actually hungry yeah. you don't need you that haven't thing. turned gray yet come on yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't try that in real yeah. life folks no, don't let no, your no, kids no. turn bluish gray but uh, it begins with foraging and then you work your way up to like hunting frogs and stuff like that and uh before long you realize that you are not the apex predator here There are stealth segments to the game where you have to basically hide in tall grass and wait for this huge shadow of an avian predator to to fly past you. And then you just run to the the next patch of tall grass and hope that your kids are fast enough to follow you and not get snatched. No, no. Chris and I I both know the ultimate Mm -hmm. apex predator is Randy Orton. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's true. Out of nowhere, he will RKO. (laughs) He's going to RKO that bird Uh, and that badger. Completely. So, can you get like is is 
are are your number of children like a badge of progress by the that's, end of the game? Can you get so to the morbid. end with one kid surviving? Um, possibly. I I haven't. I I didn't lose any while I was playing. I was very. Oh, thank God. I would never be able to and, lose. And any. watching playthroughs, like I haven't seen anyone else lose one either. So it might be that that's an illusion. Um, and it might be that yeah, I I, I get the feeling that like. You're supposed to keep at least one alive. I I'm getting Benji the Hunted vibes from this, and I don't mm. I don't want to mention that movie again in 2020. Mm. And if if you know badgers aren't really your thing, and you want maybe a little bit more story from your shelter experience, there is a sequel where you get to play as the Lynx Mother. It gives birth early into the story. In Shelter 2 playthrough, successive generations, whereas the first Shelter just ends at a certain point. Yeah, and and, yeah, with Shelter 2, if you can play one of the ones who survive, so I'm assuming that implies that there's ones that can't, that don't make it all the way through. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, man. Probably a little tougher, but yeah. A little bit like the dogs that don't make it all the way through the movies and TV shows we talked about in a recent episode of Laser Time with uh, Diamond Dog Dave Redden. Hmm. That's true. But I, I think it's cool that, like, all of the badger cubs are, like, they're they're not just the same badger cub. They all have distinct patterns on them. So you might get a little bit attached as you're trying to feed them. It's like, oh, no, that one's hungry. No, that one. Oh, I like that one. That one's getting up to something cute. Makes yeah. you want to protect I, them more. I thought it was weird, though, when the badger cub's like, are you a cop, man? Because if you're a cop, you have to tell me, man. <laughs> That's my badger. Also my wedge impersonation. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I got it, I got it. Yep, yep. All right. But, yeah, this, this is a, a cool little indie game. It's not the only cool indie game that I found while I was uh, I was looking for, for mother games. Strangely, a lot of these come from Scandinavian studios, and no game on this list is more overtly Scandinavian than this one. Number two. Hey, open the door. I need to find my son. God damn Where's my son? The children are gone, Eric. All gone. I'm not Eric. I think he has my son. Who is he? What's he going to do? If Eric has your son, Wanderer, there'll be no hope for him. Now get you from my door! I'm gonna set me house on fire. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he totally does. That's the he next sounds thing that like happens. he sounds like Homer Simpson reading Edgar Allan Poe dialogue in the first Halloween special. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, this is through the woods, which is a trip into the dark reaches of Norse folklore. You will play as a mother who takes her son Espen on a uh, a nice weekend retreat to this cabin in the woods where you can maybe get some work done. And one of the most relatable things to me, being a complete night owl about this, is that the son is very upset. It's like, why do you stay up so late working every night? You sleep all day and I'm super bored. Come on, let's go play. And like you, you spend a couple days at this idyllic cottage, kind of working through some things with your not surprisingly not annoying son. And you tell him early on, like, don't go play down at the pier. It's falling apart. And so what does he do the next day? He goes down to the pier and immediately gets kidnapped 
by an old man in a Viking boat. Hey! Hey! Get away from my son! Jesus! Jesus! Espen! Get away from him! Espen, I'm coming! So you, you go swimming after this boat through fog and you wind up on the shores of a mysterious island that's covered in uh, what appear to be abandoned Viking villages and corpses and ghosts and mysterious voices that talk to you through doors before setting their own houses on fire and uh, these things. I want to say for a second, those booms you heard are not part of the soundtrack. They are this thing's footfalls. You will meet gigantic trolls that look absolutely terrifying. And your only defense is to turn off your flashlight and try to creep past them without being seen. Uh, you will meet these creatures called Huldras, which basically it's like, I think this is what the Blair Witch is maybe supposed to look like. in that they're these things that look like corpses running around very fast on goat legs. And the only way to stop them is to shine a flashlight right in their faces as they try to charge you. Hmm. Very Alan Wake of them. Yeah. Very Alan Wake. Um, they're really annoying because you kind of have to rely on sound a lot to like, okay, which direction is it coming in? I need to turn in that direction very fast and shine the flashlight in its face and then run away while it does in the other direction. Uh, hmm. so it's, there's there's this guy named Old Eric who is apparently like a local legend. Like he talks about like oh in the village where I grew up my my parents would tell me stories about Old Eric and that he'd come in the night to snatch away bad children and no oh, I needed to be good or Old Eric would come and get me and like here's this these villages that are torn apart by like oh we need to put a stop to Old Eric snatching our children. And there's all this weird stuff going on. Why is there a giant bite taken out of the moon? And it all has something to do with, like, you've gone to a place where Ragnarok has happened and things are stuck in time. And I, I don't think the Ragnarok thing is that big of a spoiler, because if you know anything about Norse mythology, you know that, like, oh, the moon has a giant bite out of it. I think that's something that was supposed to have happened during Ragnarok. <laughs> So uh, the ah, Twilight of the Gods, okay. the big battle where everything, the world is supposed to end and then everything's fucked afterward, at least for a little while. Um, yes. But yeah, yeah you, and, you come to learn things are not as they seem so much, but it's uh, just a dire fucking bleak world. It <laughs> like, really like, is. And you're just like some, some naive blonde chick backpacking your way through it. Desperately Karen. trying to find your son. <laughs> yeah. She Everyone has Karen. the most Norse names. There's old Eric, who's basically their equivalent of crazy Ralph from uh -huh. Friday the 13th. Mm -hmm. And then you have Espen, the son. And then of course, fucking Karen. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. My, my my wife actually asked me when I said Espen, she's like, like ESPN is because there are kids named ESPN. Like, no, it's right. Espen, like, it's like a Norse name. At first I thought it, I misread it as Epson. And I'm like, like the printers? <laughs> I didn't know that was someone's name. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but yeah, and like, um, and, and again, this isn't a spoiler because this comes up pretty early on. Like, like the park, this deals with some issues of postpartum depression. I'm not going to pretend I was a great mother. 
When Espen was born, I found, to my surprise, I felt nothing. My nightmare had come true, and I was left raising a child I didn't love. And, you know, she does say that, like, well, that that changed as he got older. I started to love him more than anything else in the world, but not before it ruined all my relationships with my friends and my husband. It's actually, again, much more dire than that, but you find that out as the game progresses. And uh, this this is, uh, I think I read it's, that this takes like maybe close to three hours to finish, maybe oh, wow, four and a good. half to do everything. Yeah, and the story goes places. If, if mm. the stuff Michael has said doesn't sound crazy enough, I was just reading a synopsis. I'm like, oh my God, they do that? Okay, yep. okay, shit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do they do all kinds of cool stuff. It's an interesting game. It's fascinating. And we are quickly losing the audience's connection because we haven't said any games that they know or can relate to. So we're forced to go with... Number one. Well, Sean has been changed, but he absolutely refuses to calm down. I think he needs some of that maternal affection you seem to be so good at. <laughs> go ahead, honey. I'll be there in a second to help, okay? Yeah, I just got to watch this TV first for a while. <laughs> In which game, Matt? There's a salesman at the door trying to convince me uh, to buy a bomb into a bomb shelter in Fallout 4. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if you play, you have the option to play as a man or as a woman in Fallout 4. And yeah. both of them, each each one is married to the other. They are distinct characters. And even though I, f I feel like Fallout 4 maybe sets the husband up as the protagonist because the opening monologue is from his perspective, uh, you can just literally sh nudge him aside and play as his wife instead. And she is just as much of a fucking badass. And uh, yeah, yeah. And to me, that's the canonical story, actually, because mm -hmm. it. It, it's more fitting, yeah. Because uh, the what the, the what happens in the plot of this game is, yeah, someone takes your child, and I'm not to say a dad wouldn't do this, but a mother would hunt the post apocalyptic yeah. wasteland in search of her you child. You go for crazy, mama bear. Yeah, you become yeah. <laughs> Mad Max times a thousand, and start yep. gunning down everyone who stands between you and your stolen child. Sean's been kidnapped, and I'm going to find him. I'm going to get my baby back. It's worse than I thought. Mm -hmm. You're suffering from hunger-induced paranoia. Not eating properly for 200 years will do that, I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, did we mention you've been frozen the whole time and that your baby was stolen at some undisclosed point during right. your cryogenic freezing? <laughs> yeah, you're like... Um... You're like uh, the half defrosted chicken that you didn't quite defrost long enough in the microwave, and they gotta they gotta put you back in. They're like, oh shit, shit, just mm -hmm. uh, put them back in the freezer. Yeah. They're, they're just reset button. Keeper is a backup. Who cares? <laughs> a backup for what? I can't imagine. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But yeah, we we are going to get into spoiler territory here. If you haven't finished Fallout Four and you care about the ending, skip ahead a couple minutes because here we go. Spoilers. You will meet Sean. Remember when I said an undisclosed amount of time has passed? That undisclosed amount of time was about 60 years. And yeah. he has gone on to become the main antagonist of the game. It wasn't always right. like this. It used to be different. I can only imagine. Standing here. I'm reminded of how fortunate I am that I was spared a life in this wasteland. 
I know that to you I was kidnapped from that vault. In truth, the Institute rescued me. Both of us, really. That'd be so weird. I was just like, my kid has like roughly twice the life experience I do. <laughs> it gets even weirder too, like because he gives you when you meet him that choice. He's mm-hmm. like, he he reveals that he has cancer and is about to die. And and the whole game, by the way, the Institute are the baddies. Like they're mm-hmm. the ones that are like basically like kidnapping people or the the robots to experiment on them. Right? They're like you can. If you side with the Underground Railroad faction, your whole job is to try to free the robots from the Institute. Like, they are the big bad. The synths, those guys? Yeah, the synths. Thank you, the synths. Um, And then, yeah, he basically says, I want you to take over. So it gets – not only is your kid older than you, he wants you to be his successor to run the Institute is kind of the choice he gives you. Mm -hmm. And and if you can – you can either do that. And I think that's what's weird. So I got to this point in the game. I don't recall – fully finishing because i wanted to side with the other factions and so if you side with some of the other factions the game actually becomes a lot longer because mm. you have to then fight the institute and do a bunch of other side mission shit to to overthrow them and then even like there's some factions if you side with them it, you, it goes on even further if you like if you're with the minutemen you have to like basically like eliminate all rival factions <sighs> and it's 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 exhausting because yeah, I, I, I i gave up on fallout 4 because of that that first guy who's with the minutemen who just keeps giving you like okay go go find the people in this settlement okay go find the people in this settlement and it's like over and over again it's just like I've, is is this like a radiant quest thing? Are these all randomly generated? It is. Okay, so yeah, I'm, no, it I was. was you were doing time. dynamically generated yeah, quests. That's yeah. what I was afraid of. But um, I, so I was trying to because if you think, I mean, there's a lot of shades of gray in Fallout, not just the color palette of the game, but you know, in the story, the two kind of good factions are the Minutemen, mm-hmm. who are really just trying to restore some order, and they're like sheriffs, you know, in the in the land. And I would say the Underground Railroad, which are the people trying to free the synths from the Institute, mm-hmm. you, there's a couple, you know, factions that you might think are good, like the Brotherhood of Steel, but actually are just all about control and power. And so it's, yeah, it's, but I was trying to be like, okay, I want to kind of be on the good side of at least the Minutemen and the Underground, um, and then forget the other ones. Mm-hmm. And, but again, after a while, I'm like, I'm not doing another 20 hours in this game just because of these are the factions I wanted to align with, and I ultimately didn't didn't yeah, finish. I'll, it. I'll just so you can close. make the decision of uh, do I do I run the institute or do I show off my infanticide perk? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, but I mean, hey, I give I give them credit for having a complex enough story where the, the faction alignments do play into the story mm. and the choices you make there versus just, Oh, I'm sort of steering everyone down the same path. And eventually you'll all come to the same conclusion. So that's been our, but, top sorry, five. but real quick, the reason this made my list is, mm-hmm. is this, I told you, Michael, this was my best example of because I chose a female avatar. I felt attachment to, and I wanted to find my child. Like, cause that, the, opening scenes where you're basically they kind of temporarily unfreeze you to take the kid out of your cryopod and then and then you've frozen again you're just like you feel this like oh my god i need to go find that baby because you just think it's like this little baby that's been kidnapped mm-hmm. in in the apocalypse yeah. you know, oh, and you're he like needs shit i gotta go find it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and and uh, basically i gave you the choice of like look we can get one game in here that people have heard of before is it this or super metroid <laughs> and as much as i love super metroid like I kind of feel like the mom vibes in that were more a projection of the player onto the right. the baby Metroid and and the baby Metroid onto Samus than Samus herself. Like Samus, 
I don't know if she ever really had any sort of emotion for the baby Metroid. It is a baby version of the thing she's best at killing. So I was going to say, <laughs> she's killed a lot of them, so it's uh-huh. like... Uh... And they're kind of gross, so I don't know if you've seen a Metroid up close, but they're basically just like nasty jellyfish with uh, brains and eyeballs floating inside them. Yeah, it's, man, it's I, not... I, I had one. I had to treat it with cream. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not like an enemy mind situation no. where you are like, you know, the, the surrogate uh, parent. It's of not even an thing. alien resurrection si- situation. Oh, there you go. But, but yeah, given given how much games have cribbed from aliens over the years, I'm just kind of surprised that we don't see more games that cop this attitude. Get away from her, you bitch! <laughs> Yeah, why don't we see more games like that? I, I guess we kind of do in that, like, we see a lot of not quite adoptive moms, like, more more like adoptive aunts or something taking care of these little kids. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I just played one where in, in Trials of Mana, one of the main characters is raised by, I think it's his aunt, who, mm-hmm. as his, his mother's dying on her deathbed, she's like, you must take care of my son and raise him for me. So He's like, oh, fine. Drop this burden <laughs> in my lap. Very, very much a fantasy trope. Mm-hmm. Mm. We can't have heroes that aren't orphans and also virgins. You know why they did that a lot? At least in Disney movies, one of the reasons the orphans like, or the virgins, the or- the orphan thing, mm-hmm. the orphan thing. It's so that you don't have to flesh out yeah. and, and and animate additional well, characters. It's, it's a classic trope. You don't have to consider where a hero came from, unless, but it gives them like mysterious noble origins, possibly like what if their father is actually deposed King and they need to fight back against their evil uncle to reclaim the throne, whatever. Um, it's, it's an easy plot device and it also lets audience, the audience project themselves on that character. Yeah. And they're they're just, uh, they're untapped potential. They're not weighed down by their background. Hmm. And we and, didn't and we didn't get it again until uh, Rise of Skywalker, which handled it perfectly. Was not controversial. No one had opinions about where Rey should have come uh-huh. from. Uh-huh. No, I, I love I love knowing that the Emperor can do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Revenge of the Sith is this week's uh, sickest Star Wars episode. Patreon.com/slash/laserdetail. Hmm. I, I I personally love the scene in the Last Jedi where Kylo Ren was like, "You came from your mom's butt." Your dad put his thingy in your mom's butt, and that's where you came from. Oh, <laughs> that's why you smell it, poop. You're not the granddaughter of Palpatine. You're the granddaughter of a failed clone of Palpatine. <laughs> Technically what? still no one. You have to read the novelization. Why haven't you read the novelization? <laughs> I, I wrote a stage show about this. I'd like to perform a song from that show right now, if you don't mind. <laughs> All our Adam Drivers are so good. <laughs> you have to read the ancillary media if you want to be considered a real <laughs> Sorry, would con- you would consume the ancillary media? <laughs> How come he sounds a little bit like Silence of the Lambs? Like, yeah, it's a little <laughs> buff- we're getting a little Buffalo Billy. <laughs> would you? Would you? Would you date me? I'd date. Is <laughs> that the I'd, sanitized version? That's not what he says. Yeah, that was the, the TV TV edit. <laughs> All right. I mean, I think Adam Driver just wouldn't. He wouldn't swear. No, like that. no we all no. know. Out of the question. He's too pure and, good. and if if he did, and you tried to play it back to him to prove it, he would march out of your studio. You know. <laughs> I just want to see what he looks like tucking his dick between his legs with that weird chest and the pants going up Do that you really high. Know? You know. <laughs> he probably wraps around his waist. You know that guy's hung like a fucking hero. You just tell. Him. All right. Well, we should probably move on from our top five. So we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some Streets of Rage 4 and a bunch of other stuff, so stay tuned. I'd like to show you a million things. 
Let's get scratching. Hello, fellow nerf herders. Did you not like Last Jedi, Rise of the Skywalker, or would you just prefer a majority of Star Wars fans take a slow walk into a volcano? What I'm saying is, are you sick of Star Wars? Well, I thought I was, but my co-host Jeremy and Adam beg to differ. Except when they don't. Get ready for a whole lot of love, a whole lot of hate, and a whole lot of geeky therapy in our new series, Sick of Star Wars, with a big giant question mark. Exclusively available at Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Here's a little taste. I think when when the new Star Wars movies have done well, it's with giving you things you didn't know you wanted. And no one I knew was asking, like, I wonder how badass Yoda was. I'm like, "Ah, I'll probably get a fucking comic book at some point and we can see what he could do. I specifically remember my friends and I as a, as a kid before this movie came out being mm-hmm. like, imagine Yoda fighting and like, oh, it would suck. It's like, no, oh, I bet it'd be awesome. Like, no, yeah, I, I, like, I, I, I hope everyone's heart is in their dick because where's Yoda yeah. going to stab people? <laughs> I think I would have enjoyed it more if he wasn't screaming as much. Yes. Like, yes. If he was just like focusing more on fighting, I, I don't know. I think I would have appreciated it more, but it's just like so ridiculous to hear Yoda screaming. I know, and it, it does sound like Fozzie coming yeah because right. <laughs> it came well, out now it does yeah. god damn it dude. <laughs> 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 well there's another reason i watch this piece of shit again Oh, that's Sick of Star Wars, available exclusively at patreon.com slash lasertime, along with weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive bonus podcasts, and more for just five bucks. And that's in addition to the brand new show, Sick of Star Wars, an angst-ridden podcast saga told in nine parts. Listen long and prosper. This is so wizarding. And welcome back to our final segment where we will not belabor any points and whoops, my finger slipped. Streets of Rage 4 is a game that is out and you can play it and it looks damn good and it's fun. My fucking girl is upstairs playing it right now and I find that infuriating. Like, mm. I she play? Who's, who's her main? Or does she not? I don't know. She, I don't know. She just started it, but I'm just like uh, infuriated. You know, like, you know, I was supposed to play that and talk about it, but I see by the finishing FF7, which oh. we do, we do want to do a Patreon exclusive full We're on doing. FF7. I'm about yeah. to finish it. I just okay. learned from you guys. Um, or, Streets of Rage 4, though, I played, I think a I must be about halfway through. Um, and one of my favorite features, speaking of like who's your main and, and who you're playing as, and I think this is something that every brawler needs to do moving forward, I love that after every level, you can switch characters. So I was able to, in the six or seven levels or whatever it was that I played, play as all the characters at least once and, and pick my favorites who currently, it's Cherry. Cherry rocks with Cherry the Cherry is guitar. really cool, yeah. She's great. She's got a lot of... um. She. So my one complaint about the game, I don't, I don't remember if this has always been a thing in Streets of Rage, but I'm used to in most brawlers, if you double tap a direction, you're going to run in that direction. Yes. She's the only character with a sprint, at least that I've unlocked, that, mm-hmm. that does that. The other characters just keep walking slow as fuck. Yeah, I they, tried doing it as Blaze, and it's just like, why don't you sprint, lady? Come on, you, you like to Lombada. They, they will, if you double tap and hit attack, they usually have some pretty cool, powerful attacks, like the one, mm. the big robot dude. Uh, mm. He's got basically an OP attack where if you do that, he slams his fist together and it creates this like impenetrable barrier thingy. With uh, he's he's you know he's the slowest moving, most most powerful. I, they got all the all the archetypes here, man. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a very good Streets of Rage with like a lot of. I love that there's so many characters to choose from, you know. Yep. And what we were talking about is I I think for people who like to 
to figure these games out. I bet there is sort of an optimal character for each level. If you if you took the time to figure it out, like oh yeah, Cherry's better in this level because she can do this. Or I I used her in the there's like a sewer level where you can knock dudes uh, in pits a lot, and she one of her one of her moves definitely you sprint and you hit someone and they go flying. And so I was just like knocking dudes and I was basically just this is Spartaing them like right and left, which was which felt really good. Nice. But um, didn't I only played it solo? I was trying to tell, convince you guys like we should maybe hop on and try that thing co-op. Or Chris, you could, I guess it's can do a little Game Pass, baby. Everyone, everyone, Game Pass has access to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it on. It's you know those games aren't really meant to be played alone. You can play it alone, but it's, mm-hmm. it's probably more fun when you got friends there beating up dudes with you. Can't social distancing. Can't do it. Well, <laughs> I will say though, compared to other games in this genre, I I felt a lot more survivable. I got a social distance with my fists. That's why Blaze is punching everybody. Yeah. She's so she's social distancing. Oh, that's why you use Cherry. She's got the guitar. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Keeping doesn't even have to get close line. enough to punch. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to touch but, people. But that's yeah. that's the thing that like uh, I think with more modern brawlers, I kind of like it when I have two attack buttons. And then a special attack that I get by maybe mashing them together. But this is like you get your basic light attack, which is your attack. And then you have the heavier attacks, which consume health in order to do them. So, Which was always, I think, in Streets of Rage, definitely in Final Fight, when you did the yeah. super move, it would consume mm-hmm. a little well, bit of yeah. health. But it, this doesn't just consume your health. It's You can earn it back if you hit enough enemies That's in true, a row. Yeah. You, you have up. that brief window where you do the special yeah. attack. And then you have like a green bar on your health meter, and if you, right. yeah, if you pummel enough dudes normally, then uh, you get that back. But there's also the big special if you hit. Uh, well, I was on Xbox, so Y and B together. Mm-hmm. It, it will do a, an ultra powerful move, but that one I don't think removes health because you have to earn the stars for it. That's true. Yeah, you have to find the stars that are scattered around, and then if you yeah. collect a star, then you can do something like cherries. Uh, Cool. Like, what, what do you call that? The rock star knee slide where she's playing her guitar and, like, pyrotechnics flare the, up the behind knee slide. Her. Yeah. The, yeah, there's no, it's not like fucking Bruce Springsteen exclusively owns that move. It's just a knee slide. Mm-hmm. You know? All right, cool. <laughs> I'm going to put my crotch in the cameraman's face. Yeah. Playing a double necked V guitar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's a, it is, it's a Streets of Rage game. Um, but sure it's is. updated for modern times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that feature where you can switch characters, every game needs moving forward. If anything, there's it, that's one kind of disappointing thing is there's not it's not adding a ton of new things to this genre. The the ability to earn back your health from after the special moves, I think that feels a little bit new and that's cool. But uh, maybe they didn't need to reinvent anything. It's it's people are coming expecting Streets of Rage, and guess what? You're going to get you some Streets yeah. of Rage. I'm kind of hoping that this like if this does well, that Capcom is spurred to make a. Uh, you know, a final fight for you know, some, something Fuck yes. maybe like with the art style of Street Fighter Five, but with the gameplay of a final fight. And I forget if it was you I was talking to or someone else who was just like, why Why doesn't Street Fighter just have a final fight mode? That's, that's my pitch every yeah. time. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, Tekken yeah. had Tekken Force and mm-hmm. Tekken Bowling. So it's <laughs> just why the fuck not? Why can't you practice combos? Yeah. Just, just add up and down movement, and yeah, there you and go. the lightest of story modes. Mm-hmm. And, and charge again, me for it too. Fucking DLC yeah. that shit. I'll pay ten bucks for and that. The, Why not? The, the second, the Final Fight two and three. If you've never played them, like it becomes more like Street Fighter anyway, with ultra mm-hmm. meters and uh, weirder true. combos. Whereas you know, fi- the original Final Fight just straightforward like punch kick. Super move. That's it. Were, were those mm-hmm. Super Nintendo exclusives? Like, did they, they even were. exist in arcades? 
They were they were they were Super Nintendo exclusives, huh. and they were re-released on Wii U. So I really hope to see them re-released again somewhere else because they're fucking glorious. Yeah, I'm sure they I will be. I'm a Final Fight guy over Streets of Rage, but I have plenty of love for Streets of Rage, and can acknowledge that it probably has superior music. But there's something I love so much about that wrestling ripoff. Uh, 90s movie, 80s movie uh, that is Final Fight, man. I love that shit. <laughs> the man is bare-chested and just wears the leather strap across mm-hmm. his chest for no no apparent reason. Well, he was, and, he, and he's an elected official. He was on his way to a fetish club when he got uh, the call about his daughter. <laughs> Actually, that was his, his ribbon that said Mr. Congeniality. Oh, or okay, maybe yeah. it's his mayoral ribbon. Maybe, yeah, mayor. it's his, his mayor sash. It just happens to be leather. If you looked at it really closely, you'd see mayor printed across it like a uh, fucking leatherworking. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Streets of, Four, Streets of Rage 4, like Chris said, if it's on Game Pass, so why not check it out? If you, uh, Streets of Rage 4, it's Streets Ahead. I know, yeah, and, and yeah, I, apologize, I just want to apologize to people if I performance is poor here. I don't think I got food poisoning or COVID, but I have something... Very similar, explosive poops and a congested face mm. that I've just developed. But maybe it's because I chugged a whole cup of coffee before this show. That couldn't have helped. I could have done it. Yeah, that'll do that. It'll sneak up on you. Yep. It's the, uh, you know that meme where they show AJ Styles and then the Undertaker lurking behind him from that yes. match? Yeah, I love the meme that just says, like, you thinking, you know, you're just going to enjoy your morning and then coffee is the Undertaker lurking behind <laughs> you. <laughs> I see that one. It's brown for a reason, folks. John John Wick Hex came out uh, on PS4, and yeah, I yeah. think I've I've kind of talked about this game a little bit on the show, but it's it's really fun, and I never thought that John Wick would work as a tactical game, uh, but it totally does. It makes you feel like John Wick, where you're kind of figuring out your next move and how to line up your shots and avoid getting shots lined up with other dudes and mm-hmm. melee dudes to take them down, and it's fucking... It, it feels you feel badass maybe it's something you you couldn't feel as cool if they were to try to make it an action game but um the in this game this kind of turn-based tactic game it totally works and, and plays like you would expect a john wick game to play yeah and uh i, I mean i might my, my experience with it was very brief but it kind of made me think of like oh this is sort of like if hotline miami were a or a strategy rpg or, or a tactical rpg rather sure yeah a little bit like yeah. if the yeah the guys are moving one square at a time it's you know what it gives me that feeling of is like in in good tactics games technically if you stop moving the whole field stops mm-hmm. but this game made me feel like I was on a timer like I know I do have to move briskly through these levels because that's what John Wick would do he's yep. got to shoot there's there's faces that need to be shot Michael yeah, yeah, I, I do like the idea of a game that is essentially how John Wick maps out what he does in his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what. It, yes, that's exactly what it feels like. I, I've been avoiding it just because it doesn't seem like the type of game I would like. But everything I've read about it, it's like this is. It's not only. It's not just surprisingly good. It's like also like faithful to the subject matter. Like you're, the reason you're doing this is to be a better John Wick, mm-hmm. which would be a difficult thing to do outside of like interactive cutscenes. Hmm. If it were this, or if John Wick was adapted into a terrible AAA game, which would have happened ten years ago, yeah, I'm surprised it hasn't. They'd use the engine from Wet, guaranteed. <laughs> Make a stranglehold ripoff, yeah. boom, being done. Mm-hmm. It's a it's an interactive sequel. 
Did you say Boom Bad, Chris? Because we have uh, Star Wars Episode One Racer mm. came to Switch. Uh, Bomb Bad Racing. Oh, that's astonishing. Uh, almost 20 years to the day that it no, was out. Please, on, uh... Super Bomb Bad Racing is a completely different game. Episode One Racer is good. <laughs> and so is Super Bomb Bad Racing. It's one, it's one of the best prequel games there is. Super Bomb Bad Racing is? Yeah, it's not a, it's not a bad the, card game at all. Okay, it, the one with the big heads, not yeah. Okay, it, it just it's just stupid to look at. <laughs> but like, so are all card games if you think about it. Sure. Isn't isn't the bombad thing like basically that's Jar Jar Binks slaying? It's Gungan slaying. Yeah, I, I don't. I can't confirm that, but I know I he's a playable character in the game. But yeah, Racers. It, it, Twenty years to the day it came out, and we're, we talked about it on a. Thirty twenty ten games edition mm-hmm. uh, this this month. Show you get on patreon.com slash laser time in addition to sick of Star Wars. Boom. That's what it was. I was like, I could have sworn we talked about this last week. No, it's on the thirty twenty ten Patreon exclusive show. Go listen. That's right. Which by the way, I think it, I we went off the rails there in that show and <laughs> I don't, it, it's it's like the nice it's the it's the best possible scenario of a podcast succumbing to like quarantine cabin fever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> two and a half yours. hours of drunken nostalgic rambling. It's great. Yeah. It well, might be the drunkest I've ever been on a show. So there's your incentive. Right up there. Yeah, we we had fun. We had good times. <sighs> we went we went places. I just want to say, like, yes, yeah, Star Wars Episode One Racer. Since we haven't talked about it on this show very much, is a lot of fun. It's a very high speed, uh, just quick action game. It's it's sort of like Star Wars Wipeout almost. Um, but yeah. it is not the only Star Wars release uh, that you need to think about this week. Nope. Fuck you, Cal Kestis. Fuck you, Kestis. Fuck off, Kestis. Shut the fuck up, Kestis. Worse than Hitler, Kestis. Hold it down, Kestis. Hell, Kestis. Fuck off, Kestis. Kestis. Fuck off, Kestis. Kestis, you fucking suck. Eat dick, Cal Kestis. Eat Kestis. I got your lightsaber right here. Shit, Kestis. Oh, Kestis. Fuck you. I didn't mind him that much. <laughs> <laughs> I that I didn't mind him either. That was that was me making fun of like it seems like all the discourse around this game was like, it's great, but Cal Kestis fucking sucks. <laughs> like he is yeah. a boring ass white boy. He doesn't suck, he just has an incredibly punchable face he that they for does. some reason he really mapped does. onto this character yeah. that could have looked like anything. Yeah, yeah. Could have looked like Nathan Drake. Kind of behaves like him. He's got floppy '90s lead character yeah. hair for yeah. sure. Yeah. Absolutely. At least he doesn't have that awful Jedi rat tail that like you and McGregor had. No, no. But his hairdo basically is is JTT hair. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. Uh, but yeah, if you if you are not sick of Cal Kestis, uh, yeah, a bunch of new free shit launched for uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order this week on May the Fourth. Ha ha. Star mm-hmm. Wars Day. Um, mm-hmm. Which, which was kind of out of the blue. They didn't tell people they were doing this, but they released a lot of cool stuff. So uh, first and foremost, there is uh, the c- new combat challenges in the game, which are, is wave-based modes set on the various planets where you're trying to, to earn three-star ratings in 12 different challenges. This is end-game content. It's like for people who really want to challenge the game and, and see how hard it can get. Um, there's also a mode called the battle grid that's kind of cool where you you basically create your own battle scenarios where you can place uh, different enemies, the number of enemies, the types, difficulty, and location. And then you can, almost like in the Mario Maker thing, you share that out, you know, and say, hey, try to beat my fucking wave of, of enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, they launch new game. They call it new, I think new journey plus, but it's new game plus mode where you can go through 
you get some of the stuff you've unlocked the first playthrough, but others you have to re-earn, so it's not just completely easy. And then uh, something I always appreciate, they added a bunch of accessibility features for people. Um, things oh, like nice. uh, you can adjust text sizes, and you don't have to like mash buttons to get past certain cutscenes. You can just hit the button once now, that kind of stuff. Mm. And cool. all free, baby, free. Yeah. Well, free assuming you've bought the game already. No, no, it's yeah. all free. You can get all those features without the game itself. You'll have nothing to play them in, uh-huh. but the features are there. I, and I just wanted to mention it here. Uh, uh, a sale I saw was, I think you get all of Battlefront 2's special, uh, special content for like $12. Uh, what's it called? It's called like a Celebration Edition. But Battlefront 2 was a game that was like hugely controversial when it came out, justifiably so, but it's since had like so much meaningful content that I've been meaning to play. I want to play as BB-8. I want to kill someone as an Ewok. You can do that now. And all that content is now severely discounted, and you can nice. get the game itself with all that content for, I think, $20? It's always on sale, too. It's always yeah, like damn good 10 deal. bucks. And from my my understanding, the campaign alone is worth that price. No, the know, campaign's just, great. It's, yeah. it's yeah. totally fine. Uh, Written I by understand a friend the problem of the with the progression in the multiplayer, but I didn't play as much of that, Ooh. so there. Yeah. And Mitch E.D. And then uh, Void Bastards uh, finally came to PS4 and Switch. Nice. That's the one that was... It's been a Game Pass game for a while, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, roguelite uh, shooter set in outer space where you have to... You are... A prisoner who is uh, dehydrated and then uh, reconstituted to just go on board these spaceships and hunt for resources. Yeah. Kind of came out around the same time as Outer Worlds. And I know they're completely different game types. Oh, but, 100% uh, different game types. But, uh, you know, they're both kind of the space futuristic thing. I def- definitely, I think, got a little overshadowed. Um, this is the one that has that really cool comic book yeah, cell shaded it's, it's like a 2D... 2D characters in a 3D world kind of art style. And yeah. also, I think, if, I, if I'm remembering right, it does that, like, rogue legacy kind of thing where your characters are all, like, sort of randomly generated and they have different defects. Like, one guy might have a cough that makes stealth impossible, oh, uh, for example. <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah. And it has a little bit of the, um, like, almost like a Stanley Parable sense of humor. With like yeah, the, well, it's it's very British. It, it feels like something out of uh, the British comic magazine 2000 AD, oddly enough. But I, I think it might be Australian, now that I think about it. Uh, the, ah, the game was okay. developed in Australia. So, similar sensibilities, I guess. I don't know. More cork hats in one country than the other. Anyway, <laughs> um, is that it for new releases? That's all the new shit, yeah. All right, cool. And let's get on to... This is a real shit. This is a real shit I want to talk about right here. Kick us off. Yes, you fucking dirtbags. There was not one, but two huge trailers released this week. But this is the one I'm more excited for because it just the trailer kicks so much ass. Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath is a big fucking expansion that is coming May 26th. Features new fighters, uh, Fujin, Shiva, and the biggest news of all... Fucking RoboCop as voiced by Peter Weller, the original OG RoboCop. Wow. That's pretty amazing they were able to get him. I know. They got Keith David for Spawn, and goddamn, it really, really looks like 
I don't know. Were you guys following that Bruce Campbell being in one of the characters? Yeah, it's looking like he's not in there. No, it, he definitely is. He even like he even like made it weirder. He's like, I can confirm, I am not playing Evil Dead's Ash in a Mortal Kombat game. And then an email went out from Warner Brothers Interactive, and at the bottom it said, "Spawn copyright image, Ash co- from Army of Darkness copyright." Blah oh, blah 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 blah. Yeah. And Bruce Campbell's tweet, he's like, he was oddly specific on what kind of Ash he was playing. Hmm. Oh, that's why. It's Army of Darkness, Ash. Uh, doesn't have an of arm. Of course. Good. Makes sense. Uh, yeah. But he, he's not in this uh, Aftermath expansion, at least not that they've announced there's still, yet. There's still more characters coming. Yeah, honestly, like, the I read the headline for this this morning, and it said, uh, like, new Mortal Kombat story trailer uh, includes RoboCop, or, or story DLC will include RoboCop, or something like that. And I thought, like, RoboCop's gonna be part of the story? Oh my god! And like, no, no, it's not that cool. But I mean, you never know. He's, he's gonna be a bonus character like, yeah, like Joker or Leatherface or any of the other ones that have joined over the years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they make in the trailer. They make it seem like it's possible. They're like they cut it, it to this guy. It seems pretty disconnected. It, it yeah. seems like, and here's the new bonus character. Yeah. yeah, but but what's in this? It's a it's a huge expansion. So there is new story. There's new stages, uh, new features, and then yeah, the the three new playable characters. Yeah. Which, uh, I mean, before I think they sold them in, in character packs that had no story content attached mm-hmm. to them. So uh, this thing's going to be forty bucks. It's the first post game story content Mortal Kombat has ever received. Yeah. And it's got yeah. more Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa as uh, Shang Tsung. So Shang Tsung, he can turn <laughs> into whatever character he wants. And it has friendships, as we saw. Yeah, the <laughs> looks amazing. <laughs> I can't wait. Like, and I, and I was talking to you. It's like I I feel like Mortal Kombat. All their story stuff is like relentlessly top tier. Like this is really always smartly written and fun and easy to get into. Uh, mm. So like I I buy those like I buy those games purely for the story modes like I don't care about the the online yeah. competition or anything else like just give me that story and then I can fight my way through a couple cool fights and more story and yeah it's, it's like th- these are the best Mortal Kombat movies ever made. As a guy who used to live for like end cutscenes of fighting games and who actually cared if Guile rescued charlie or not or whatever um yeah i love that mortal kombat is like they've gone all in on story because they are they the way they've done it is so awesome too how it's like basically just it's playing a movie and then at one point in the movie it's like okay now you have to fight because these characters are fighting and then okay if you win we can progress the story if you don't you got to redo it yeah. and well it's, it's, especially for me like i'm a, a very long-term fan of mortal kombat in that like I remember when it came to Super Nintendo, I played through and like got all the endings for all the characters. And to have a friend then tell me like around the time that the movie was going to come out, I was like, you yeah, know, Mortal Kombat was really good, but then they tried to give it a story. And I still remember like having this argument on the school bus in like 10th grade and like, you, it's always had a story. It has an amazing story. Look, Sub-Zero kills Scorpion and then Scorpion comes back from the dead and kills Sub-Zero. And then Sub-Zero shows up again. So Scorpion tries to kill him, but then it's his Sub-Zero's little brother. So Scorpion, the murdered demon from hell feels bad and decides to be Sub-Zero's guardian from now on. <laughs> I'm sure that must have made you extremely popular. Oh, the, the most popular. I, I got so much ass in high school, you would not believe. <laughs> <laughs> ass, Tell ass, or Game Pass, no one Kombat rides for free. Plot. <laughs> hmm. 
yeah, this this thing is like uh, I mentioned. There's two trailers. The other trailer is. Uh, Do you guys watch the story trailer for The Last of Us Two? No, no. Ellie's pissed off. That's is she is. I would never have guessed. <laughs> I would never have imagined that Ellie could be angry. <laughs> a woman raised by Joel, a man with extreme anger issues. They they show a lot of Joel in this trailer mm-hmm. as well. But the way I was interpreting it, it almost looks like. Joel's in a, a lot of the beginning of the game, and then uh, the game itself probably begins when you're. It looks like Ellie like leaves Joel to go on this this vengeance uh-huh. mission, and that's kind of the game. Yeah. I don't know. I just know that people have been saying like, I didn't like the. I read the leaks, and I don't like what they did with the story. I don't see why Joel has to stay home and do the dishes, and just sits there knitting in front of the TV every night. Like he's a man of action. This is ridiculous. Well, he's just being responsible. He doesn't want to. I don't want to spread this here yeah. uh, virus. Why, why does know, Joel this? have to shelter in place? This is ridiculous. <laughs> Play video games for escapism, not for politics. Because that's political now. <laughs> yep. Well, this has been talking at my ass apocalypse. <laughs> Speaking of asses, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 is going to let you play with your junk, guys. Hmm, um, uh, apparently, uh, so the ESRB came out with a report of all the stuff in the game that's feeding into the rating, which is uh, an M, M-rated game. Uh, shocker. Mm-hmm. Um, where you can select a gender and customize your character, uh, and customization can include breasts, buttocks and genitalia as well as various sizes and combination of genitals so if i want to play as a woman in like a skin tight lycra outfit that clearly shows the outlines of two enormous dongs i could do that i don't know if there's multiple genitalia allowed michael Mm. i mean that's that's you know beyond the pale buddy you know i mean you you can have one enormous dong for sure nude characters are becoming more common like I've, i've been playing survival games of like like was it Age of Conan or whatever and Scum? It's just like, oh, I can play as a naked person with fully rendered junk. Someone had to go and fully render this junk. That was a thing that was part of their job. <laughs> yep. Sure. I mean, it all started with horse balls. That was the slippery yep. slope. Yep. You know, Red Dead Redemption 2 did the horse balls and it was uh-huh. all just downhill from yep. there. It, but yeah, so this is part of, you know, CD Projekt Red. They, they've announced that they are not including kind of traditional gender options in the game. Uh, they're wanting to be as inclusive as possible and, um, yeah, as, as fluid as possible. Yeah, it would I, appear I and just kind of cool. let you create whoever you want. You think maybe some of that is coming as a reaction to criticism that they've received in the past? I think so. And we should, you know, we'll mention the criticism. Like, in, yeah, definitely in the past, they're, on their social media, they've, they've been involved in a few controversies where... Um, they did not appear sensitive to the transgender community. Um, and I think, yeah, maybe, maybe this is a response to that, or maybe, maybe they were always just like, Hey, just wait and see what we do in the game. These have been mm-hmm. in the plans, who knows? But, uh, I think it's, it's incredibly, a uh, progressive decision to make of just like, yeah, it's your character. You, you create it, you know? Yeah. As long as I can stun enemies by slapping them in the face with my eight foot dong, we're good. Eight foot murder dog. Again, eight feet. I don't know. That might break the <laughs> physics engine of the game. Yeah, it might have to break down some drywall to fit in a room. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> create who you want to create. It's your character. I love. I, I do actually like that. It's like, yeah, 
give me give me control in my character creator um so if there's but that's not all you can't just you know play with your junk no no other people can play with your junk uh so the hmm. ESRB report also includes some of the other sexual content in the game uh here here's the quote players can encounter events where they have the option to engage in sexual activities with other main characters or prostitutes these brief sex scenes from a first person perspective depict partially nude characters moaning suggestively while moving through various positions some scenes contain brief depictions of thrusting motions mm. other scenes depict a character's head which one moving towards a partner's crotch i mean that's nothing new we've all played gta 5 in first person mm. come on it's also the least sexy way to describe all of those yes things you just yeah well you can't mm. describe it sexily it's the esrb come on yeah you have to put an esrb rating on that discussion we will no doubt hear a lot more about this crotch thrusting at uh, they just announced a show they're running. You can kind of tell it's in lieu of E3. So June 11th, they have a thing they're just calling the Night City Wire, uh, mm. which is a, kind of like their version of a direct where we're going to see a lot more of that game. Nice. Because that's coming, just to put that in perspective, that's only four months away at this point, assuming it doesn't get bumped. It should get bumped, but whatever. <laughs> no one else is adhering to anything, so... <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> we were talking Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order earlier. Um, EA, during an earnings call, confirmed that is just the first in many of games in a franchise. I should hope so. So, don't know if Cal Kestis will be the hero or not, but uh, yeah, the Jedi Fallen Order is just, it looks like part of a larger series of, uh, let's call them action-adventure games uh, in the Star Wars universe, no, story-based I, games. I, I actually want to see more of Cal Kestis, because as, as much as I make fun with that sound effect, like I don't actually, I like the character. I want to see him grow and continue to do mm. whatever it is he decides to do in his ultimately doomed Jeremiah against the Empire. I mean, it could just be one of those typical people complain on the internet but uh because they also just said that game sold 10 million copies so far yes so they did just fine uh but tell me again how story-based games are dead uh, you know yeah. it's really good yeah. it's it good is really good. good and i mean i have no problem with dlc or any shit like that make a story-based game and sell me more shit go for it who cares i like playing stories i hey i need escapism right now imagine that right now that the last Star Wars movie sucked, I was able to take solace in a great TV series and a great video game, and I'm less upset, despite what the podcast we have on Patreon would lead you to believe. <laughs> <laughs> We're just reverting back to the, the pre-prequel days where all we had was all the stuff around Star Wars other than the movies. You know, mm -hmm. some yeah. Of the good stuff. Yeah, we're, yeah. We, we're, we not only talk about that on the show, we, we're going to have a bonus episode that's just... It ended up being all about Star Wars games in general, but like Star Wars games were there for us when George Lucas did not want to lift a cinematic finger. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. just watching just watching the prequels, it's like, you know, no one ever mentioned Siths in the entire prequel like original trilogy. Like yeah, it, it's at, at some it's, point it, before the, the prequels came out, I remember somebody referring to Vader as the Dark Lord of the Sith. It, it, it was like, it wasn't like the that. novelizations and shit, mm -hmm. but like a I'm, I don't consider myself, I never read a Star Wars book, but I played a ton of the games, so like it did fill in a lot of the gaps for me that the movies didn't get to for a really long time. And mm. we, we, Growing up, we'd play a ton of Star Wars games, but we, I do have to admit that a ton of them, a ton of them, 80% of them are so bad. <laughs> and, and, and Fallen Order is really good and will probably stand the test of time. Yeah, it's right up there. It's... Maybe not quite KOTOR level. Well, it's it's better than KOTOR, but not as good as your memories of KOTOR. Yeah. I'll put it that way. 
That's yeah. fair. That's fair. <laughs> Go okay. back and play KOTOR on your phone, which you can do now. And yeah. tell me it's as good as you remember. Uh, that is definitely fair. Um, and then I hate when this happens. Uh, by the time you're hearing this... Microsoft will have run an event that uh, has not yet happened as we record this. Uh, they're, they're having an inside Xbox event where they're going to show next-gen gameplay uh, and actually show off some of the games coming to their system this year. So mm-hmm. stay tuned for our complete reactions and breakdown of that on next Friday's show. Wait, well, I thought that wasn't, they weren't doing that till like July. No, they're, they're stretching it out. What The other thing they announced is they are participating in, you know, IGN has that thing like the Summer of Games that I think they're partnering with like Jeff Keighley. Um, and so they've they've agreed they're going to be showing stuff I think kind of throughout the year, uh, just showing new games, which makes sense. They've got a they've got a console to release. Got to see yeah, those it's, games. It's man. it's uh man. If you saw that article, like <laughs> Disney has lost like a billion dollars because they didn't invest in a proper game studio. Game studios look like they might be humming along okay during all this, even their employees. Mm-hmm. And that is all the news I have that is fit oh. to play. Good. Baby does not feel good. <laughs> All right. Well, time for the community segment. Uh, last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was what is a game that you played over the course of a year or more and why? Uh, first to respond on VigiGameApocalypse.com was Giant Shortstacks, who says, Life is Strange 2 should get a special mention for releasing over the course of a year and using American holidays to work into the themes of its story. That was neat. The first episode takes place right before Halloween and shows the contrast between wanting to get shit-faced with your high school friends or maybe getting an under-the-blanket handjob from the girl you like dressed as a sexy cat. Mm. And the scariest thing of all, adult responsibilities. The second episode is Christmas-themed and involves family and gift-giving and depressing alcoholism. The third episode takes place around Valentine's Day. And it's about companionship and getting laid for the first time and working on an illegal pot farm for dangerous criminals. You know, Valentine's Day. The episode titled Faith takes place after Easter and goes into religious themes and why they're bullshit. Finally, the last episode takes place on Fourth of July weekend and it showcases the grand beauty of Southwest America's wilderness and the most freeing thing any of us can do, running away to Mexico. You boys like Mexico! (laughs) Oh, oh, there's more. Overall, it's an underrated game. Some people felt that the long release cycle was off-putting, but I was all in the moment it allowed me to kick a Trump supporter in the teeth. Give it a try now that it takes 17 hours to complete instead of 15 months. Yeah. That's, uh, I love that it fits both the theme of last week's show's top five mm-hmm. as well as our question of the week. He played it over the course of a year, yep. and it's a game all about seasons. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Wish I'd thought about it. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> From the official Laser Time Facebook community, Jason Cromer says, I played the same game of Animal Crossing New Leaf for five years. I was too attached to my villagers in town to stop. I only stopped when New Horizons came out, and even then, I bought the amiibo cards for half the villagers in my New Leaf town so that they could move over to the new game with me. What the fuck? Was that how that worked? Yes. Oh my uh, god. Well, so if you if you have the cards, I think it guarantees there'll be visitors like as campers and then I fucking hate how you have to try to convince people to to live in your town where it's like a random guessing game. It's like, "Hey, is this going to be a spade or a club or a diamond or a heart? Mm. You choose." It's you know. I mean, at least you can replay that mini game, but still. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um but uh Jason, I understand your feeling there. 
And I wonder the same thing myself is like sometimes it's so weird. I will see some of my ex-villagers from previous Animal Crossing games like visit my village as mm-hmm. campers. And I'm like, you know, should should I relive old times, nostalgia, you know, invite them back, live? And I'm like, you know what? No, man, we've grown as people. They've grown. Mm-hmm. They have their own lives now. They, don't they have need their own anymore. tiny hippopotamus lives. Mm-hmm. And they've moved on. And you know what? That's healthy. That's a healthy view. Jason, <laughs> let it go, bro. Yeah. Just let it go. Never try to reconnect with old friends. That's the lesson here. <laughs> and uh, uh, Brian Stafford says, besides the pick-up-and-play type games like Overwatch and Splatoon, I would have to say Breath of the Wild. There's so much to do in that game. And me being a completionist, when it comes to Zelda games, I sunk many hours into it throughout my uh, entire real years. It's been re- entire real years playing it. Also, I would have to say Mega Man 2, since it's always been my palate cleanser uh, game after completing a much larger game. It's a single sit-down beat and it's some of the best music ever in a video game. Agreed. Yep. yep. Pretty great. I'm surprised more people didn't say that when we asked, like, what's a game you keep going back to over and over again or you, from from your childhood? Whatever. Um, Alright, new question of the week. In honor of May the 4th and this week's uh, Star Wars uh, releases and re-releases, um, what Star Wars property, be it a movie or a book or a TV series, whatever, would you like to see be made into a game that hasn't yet? Um, I'm just going to be flippant and say uh, Ewok's Caravan of Courage. Uh, failing that, I want a game specifically based on the Jefferson Starship band that appears in the Holiday <laughs> Spectacular. Uh <laughs> Or, or just something based around Art Carney's shopkeeper character as he tries to sell useless gadgets uh, that he ordered from the Sharper Image to a planet full of Wookiees and Imperial occupiers. Um, I don't know what any, any of these games would be like, so somebody less drunk, take it away, please. Do you, do you want to hear something that, that might blow your mind with its simplicity? Sure. We have no 3D games that just are the story of the original trilogy. They're except wow. for the Lego games. Mm-hmm. None. And I, I like. Could you imagine if you incorporated all those set pieces and environments? Maybe you're playing as Luke Skywalker. Maybe you're playing as a different character who is far more action oriented. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe the whispers from Final Fantasy VII show up and make things a little more interesting. I don't know, but like, <laughs> but like, really, no one's thought to do anything like that. Like with all that, all that official audio you could use just to like tug on heartstrings. Like I gotta. I gotta see that in all the fucking movies. That is a good point. Why do we have a manga adaptation of Star Wars and no video games? Yeah. <laughs> or, or it, like you know what you know what I always meant to read. I never actually read it. Was a Dark Horse's uh, comic book that was the adaptation of George Lucas's first draft of the screenplay. Oh, for was is that the one for Empire where they're like fighting on a swamp? No, no, no. Uh, Splinter in the Mind's Eye? No, Michael. Mm. Uh, it is it, it just his first, his, the first adaptation of the screenplay where he's still Luke Starkiller and it uses, like, I don't know, I want to say, I want to say Ralph McQuarrie, but like the same guy who, like, did the concept art mm-hmm. that, you know, was sort of re- resembled in the posters just to make this Earth 2 version of Star Wars Neat. that is, is totally inoffensive and not quite what you expect, but eerily similar. That I feel like you could make a more action oriented game out of there that would be pretty cool i think i'm leaning toward um so star wars republic commando was a game that always fascinated me because it kind of put you inside the helmet of a, of a clone trooper mm-hmm. um and was like a squad 
space shooter, you know, before that. <laughs> like, it was like, it was kind of like Rainbow Six Star Wars or something. Um, so something like that, but maybe, maybe with the Mandalorian, you know, where you're, you're, you get inside of his helmet and, and, you know, is, cause I, I just felt like, uh, was it Star Wars Bounty Hunter? Is that the GameCube one? Yes. They never, I, I don't know. I don't know that I would want to tell the story the, that way, but I would love to be inside that armor and kind of doing kind of more that approach, the Republic commando approach of I'm going to be the Mandalorian, but, uh, but, but actually have all his powers in kind of a first person shooter type mode. I, I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I concur. And just why not? I want like a low fi, not triple a, just a straightforward remake of dark forces. I just want to shoot stormtroopers. Mm. Oh, somebody, I think it was Tim Turry actually posted a gif from that the other day. It's like, I yeah, forgot yeah. how satisfying it felt to just walk, like, sneak up on an Imperial barehanded and punch mm-hmm. them so hard that they, like, flew halfway across the room. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, man, the, just, the melee felt so good in that game. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many, I mean, there, there's been so many good stories that, even in the movies that have been told, like, Rogue One, fucking awesome story. We didn't even hear of a sniff of a game about Rogue One and it's, it's fucking such a shame because to me that might be one of the best Star Wars things produced in the past 10 years yeah I keep every time uh, we're, uh, the whole time revisiting these movies it's like yeah Rogue One doesn't get its due it's that, that shit was really good and it's better than all the prequels and it's better than some of the sequels yes it sure is no need for a yes question mark it's just <laughs> true it's good alright yeah that's that's it so uh what Star Wars property, be it a film book or a comic, would you like to see being made into a game? Let us know. Go to videogameapocalypse.com. Answer under the comments for episode 366. Alternately, go to the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer, or just ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, and we will collect a few of the best answers and read them on next week's show. Uh, that's been our show. Speaking of which, so let's go out with some plugs. Chris, Matt, what do you got? Uh, Patreon.com slash laser time. As you guys, in uh, at one part, a very informative look at video game anniversaries of uh, last month. And then one part, just watching us crack under the pressures of alcohol and quarantines. Hmm. It's it's like a it's like a combo bonus time with our our t- typical thirty twenty ten games show. It's it's yeah half, half the front half it's all video games and the second half is just us shooting the shit pretty drunk talking about shit. It's amazing. Yeah, because I've, mm-hmm. I've been late with posting uh, bonus stuff on Patreon, which is because every show has been f- over three hours long. <laughs> and it's just taking over for three hours. Over. Yes, you're you're gonna have patreon.com slash laser time members will be getting at least seven hours worth of content this week, so please chill if not that anyone's been rude about it, but thanks for understanding. Hmm. Lots of shit shit's happening over here. I'm tired and sick. Mm-hmm. As are right. we all. Um, yeah, right. and laser time this week's all about bottle episodes with thirty twenty ten co hosts uh, Diana and Sarah. It's, oh, uh, Thought it would be just in time for the return of community and, uh, yes, us being trapped with our loved ones. Why not talk about famous bottle episodes where characters get trapped in a single location and no guest actors are allowed on? No. Ah, yes. I think I first learned about those through Clerks the Animated Series. Yes, because they did one as their second episode and it was all just clips from the first episode. (laughs) That was really weird. Uh, oh, and, oh, that's right, because that, that episode aired before the first episode, yes. so the joke was totally yeah, ruined. it didn't make any sense. <laughs> the network fucked it up. They aired it completely the wrong order, mm-hmm. which is like, 
almost the perfect thing that could have happened to that particular show. How do you <laughs> even do that? That means someone like, I think this episode is funnier than the first one because it relies on the sec- the first episode, you idiot. Yeah. Like, what, what are you doing? How do you even do that? It's so amazing. Oh, I'll shut up. i got to go blow my face. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't have anything to plug yeah, other than uh, patreon.com slash laser time. And then follow me on Twitter at Matty C. Allen. All right. Oh, and I have a fucking badass mustache that you guys haven't commented about this entire video. I, I was sorry. trying to be polite. Yeah, I was like, did, did I see that already? I can't remember. It's, it's fucking bad. I remember thing. how much you made fun of me when I had a mustache. So I've been Ooh. I've been trying to restrain myself. You yeah, and I'm usually like monitoring my levels and not looking at the screen. Hello? <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right, that's it. <laughs> uh, and I want to just plug uh, the girl who sang the song about wondering what's inside your butthole. That's like the greatest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. And that song's <laughs> in my head all week. Uh, shout out to her. I'm actually suing her for uh, that. That's a song that I, I come came up with years ago. Uh-huh. I mailed myself the lyrics, so sure. I know I got the the copyright. Uh-huh. That's how you I do it. Want to know? Have to mail yourself oh, it. Okay. Um, anyway, that that's been our show. As always, please follow us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. Go leave us five star reviews on iTunes, and uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter at Wikiparas, where I will sometimes, very very rarely, especially in this current crisis, say funny things. So um, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. That was a booger-worthy burp right there, dude. (laughs) That burp came with a prize.